You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Imagine your high school self suddenly waking up in the body of your role model. Today, we're going to be talking about a superhero whose origins was just that. We are talking about Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. Um, we're going to be covering the first volume, that graphic novel, uh, Miss Marvel by G. Willow Wilson. And it's going to be something a little bit for everybody. There's a Miss Marvel show coming out, so we're just trying to pave the way for everyone. Um, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the priest to the geeks. And that just means we like talking about geeky stuff and relating it to philosophical, theological, and just deep thought kind of stuff. Um, and if you want to see more of what we do or just kind of communicate with us, you could always go to our Facebook group, which is Priest to the Geeks on Facebook. Or you could go to our website, systematicgeekology.org. I am Joshua Noel. I am a fourth year biblical study student, which really is like fourth and a little bit more. I finished my fourth full year and now I'm in the summer semester just paving out like two or three more classes trying to get through this. And um, <laughs> recently I started reading. I, I think it was Tim Steely. Is that is that the guy who writes the uh, the um, the Nightwing and the son of Kalel comics um i tom taylor is the present day oh, okay. writer for, for tim seeley tim seeley did write nightwing for a while but but okay. tom taylor's the present author on nightwing and son of Kal-El. okay i think it was tim seeley but it's um suicide squad specifically king shark has his own run that i mm. happened upon at free comic book day i was looking on comiXology seeing what was free and i was like what's this and um found it pretty interesting so looking to read more of that fun well i am thrilling willing from chapel hillen and <laughs> i uh you you've if you've listened to systematic ecology before you've heard my voice if this is your first time joining us welcome we're glad that you are here with us that you can geek out with us i am a lutheran pastor in chapel hill north carolina and um yeah, I'm geeking out and about Free Comic Book Day as well. Last Saturday, we're recording this after Free Comic Book Day. The first Saturday in May is always Free Comic Book Day at your local comic book store. And my local comic book store here in the North Carolina Triangle area um, usually does a big deal. They have like four stores spread out among the Triangle, like in Durham and Cary and Raleigh and Chapel Hill. And they... Uh, um, they have big tents and lots of creators and lots of free comic books. And they have local creators and creators that actually write and draw for Marvel and DC. So they usually roll out a, a big tent for, for that day and, and got a lot of cool comics. And it was just great to see they haven't been able to do this over the past couple of years because of COVID, but uh, now like it's back and people were in person and they had a lot big crowd. And it was good seeing like geeks of all ages from toddlers all the way up to, um, you know, people even older than me out there getting comics and uh, connecting with those who create them. It was fun. Nice, nice. Yeah. And that's one thing I feel like we tell on ourselves sometimes in this section of the show, because especially with summer coming up, a lot of our hosts are going to be MIA or, you know, Brandon's having his baby. So we're doing a lot of recording like way in advance. Right. And uh, me being the editor, I notice it more than most where I'm like, did he just reference that they just saw the first Moon Knight trailer? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, don't know when we recorded this. So, hey, guys, we recorded this like early May. <laughs> now, you know. Now, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and 
this will release before the Miss Marvel show. And I'm very excited for the show, even though there's been some kind of controversial decisions made around the actors and actresses and Miss Marvel's powers. I don't want to say they messed them up, but they definitely changed them. It seems like. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd like to give grace until I see what they actually did. Yeah, and you can you can understand. I mean, you can do a lot more things in comics than you can do with real life actors and CGI and special effects. Like these comics, sometimes you can just you can go crazy and do different things with dimensions and powers and effects and art that that can be hard to capture um, with like human beings. Uh, creating a story like that. Like the reason we're doing this now is because we love uh, this particular character and the story been wanting to do this for a long time. And and now that the show's getting ready to happen, we can talk about the source material. So we're encouraging now to go out and, and read the first volume of this series to get to know the character before it comes out the t- TV show. So you can make your judgment on your own, go out and read. And that's one thing that I love that these characters we, we love in the comics and graphic novels mm-hmm. are making it to the big screen and small screen. But um, it's also super fun to, to read it first and then kind of see how they can reimagine it or capture it up um, for, for like limited storytelling up on, on the screen. So uh, we encourage you, read the source material, go out and get the comic. If you need to borrow the comic, you can't afford it, contact me. I'll make sure you get it in your hands uh, and and you can read it for yourself. It's super fun and glad to to talk about this this character today. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, it's, it's actually, it's something really interesting. In early MCU, they made a lot of decisions to change a few different things from the comics and mm-hmm. we all got excited to see what they changed because we were just so excited that there was content at all. And now I feel like, and this might be a conversation for another day, a lot of fans get to hear, what do you mean they changed this from the comic? And they get so upset. And I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. remember when we were just happy? Like, I remember when no one knew who Captain America was. And I'm just so excited that I could talk about Captain America and someone be like, yeah, I like him. That's yeah. cool to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's always been a segment that's been like, why isn't it just like this? You're ruining my childhood. And, and, and you know, Star Wars, we got an Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming up here pretty soon uh, when we're recording this. And I remember like the trailer was super fun. The first trailer was really fun. And then, but then all the attention went to like the shape of one of the villains heads. They were like, wait, it doesn't <laughs> look exactly like it did in the cartoon. You're like, guys, are we really arguing over the, the size of somebody's head or the shape of somebody's head before the show even comes out that it doesn't capture it completely. You know, wait, wait, it comes out and see, see what happens. And I think this is another instance. I think this is a different kind of character, a diverse character, uh, something that I think Disney and Marvel want to get out and, and help people um, see and experience. And, and they're going to have to change some things up for the TV show. Uh, but hopefully they capture the, the true heart of who this hero is and her origin story and, Maybe we'll talk about the trailer and what she looks like later on the episode, but but we'll talk about the um, the comic here first. So uh, there will be spoilers. Uh, so so go read it first, then come back. Yeah, I um, yeah, and, and the thing also you got to think in the MCU right now. I'm I'm gonna say this and move on because we need to get to what we're actually talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they haven't. We haven't seen Fantastic Four in the main MCU universe yet, and we know it's coming soon. Whereas in the comics, you had decades where people knew Mr. Fantastic. So it didn't feel like, oh, they're just ripping off Mr. Fantastic by having a character with the same powers. It didn't feel that way in the comics. If you did Mm. that right now in the movies and she had that power, then you immediately followed up someone else with the same sort of power. Yeah, it would feel very same. 
And that's what I think that's what they were trying to avoid. And I think the issue that a lot of fans are having is part of, and this is where we're going to get into some of the comic. So a little bit of a spoiler, part of her power set that makes her unique in the comics where she can stretch and shape shift allowed her to take on where she looked exactly like the original Miss Marvel, AKA Captain Marvel, for those who only know her from the movies. Mm-hmm. And that was part of her story arc was discovering herself instead of just being her role model, literally trying to be her role model. And that's one thing that we're people are concerned that they can't do that with this set. We don't even know what the set of powers are yet. So maybe yeah. they can still include that in the story. I hope they do. I think it's a really fascinating part of the story. That being said, let's let's tell them about this. Um, this was an iconic comic specifically because it was Marvel's first Muslim character to headline her own series. There were other Muslim characters, but none headlined their own series. Um, which makes it one of the few comics that are like solidly a piece of comic book history. It was originally mm-hmm. published October 15th, 2014. I literally remember the day. I actually went to the comic book store the day this one came out. I was nice. pumped because I always liked the original Miss Marvel. And this ended up being a very different character that I, I think I even liked more than the old Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, the author, G. Willow Wilson, illustrated by Adrian Alfona and Jake Wyatt. Am I saying those right? You are, I think. I'm horrible right. with names, and, so good, better you than me. <laughs> <laughs> and it won an award, the Hugo Award for Best Graphic Story or Comic. Uh, again, that's probably because of that historical significance of it being Marvel's first headline Muslim character. So, Pastor Will, you know, there's been a few few episodes we've been waiting to do since the show started. Joe has been waiting for us to talk about The Last Ronin, which we've probably done before this released. Um, <laughs> TJ has been waiting to talk about Godzilla. And me and you, we've been waiting to talk about the volume one, Miss Marvel from G. Willow Wilson. And we're finally getting to do it. We're finally getting to do it. So could you tell them why why did we want to do this so badly? <laughs> right, right. I you know, being um I, I think for me, yeah, I remember when this came out too, and I was just showing um kind of off air Joshua a picture of the first issue that I have encased in glass and CGC great comic book graded certified 9.4 on eBay it can be sold for hundreds of dollars but going to hold on to it for a long time like i remember buying the first issue and being excited for a new number one not just a new number one but a whole new character and i think you know this is uh, a special comic because it's debuting not only a new character in Marvel, which is sometimes rare, um, but but also a new kind of onto the scene for comics uh, comic book writer uh, d- diving into, um, as you said, a predominantly Muslim religious character. She's got a kind of Spider-Man teenage wrestling with friends and family and a learning curve of how to use her powers. And it's a, it's a, it checks all the boxes for me. I mean, it's, um, it's interesting origin story. It's, um, there's just the right amount of tension between her teenage life, between friends and her religious life and her family. She has an interesting power set. Uh, and that's a little bit different. She's, she's a polymorph, which means she's not just someone who can shape shift into like, look like somebody else, but she can change her, her body <laughs> and her, uh, her fist to huge, super huge. She can grow to be small, grow to be big. She can, um, you know, all, all those kinds of things. Um, and there's a big learning curve that 
that happens with her. And, um, and yeah, so, and, and there's history with the Avengers and Miss Marvel and how she got her powers. We'll talk about how she got her powers in a minute, but she's a cool origin story. So, um, and I think it connects on a lot of levels. Do you remember the issue that started with her being a couch? She just started <laughs> off as a couch one issue. <laughs> right. This right. is great. Yeah. And, and at first it was like, oh, she's, she is, uh, she, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the thing. It, it looks like it, very similar to Mr. Fantastic. She can stretch out long and big and grow, but, but yeah, she can also shape shift into a particular shape or object that, you know, make her seems disperse weight in such a way that she can run on water. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a cool, cool character. And that, and it does match up to what she wrestles with in life and kind of where, where she is in her own religious life and with her family as well, with the temptations that I, it could bring for her um, and others. So it, it definitely a dynamic um, character that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And Spider-Man was also, he was, he was very, you know, wrestling with teenage stuff and regular life stuff. And it does have that same, teenage trying to figure out how to be a superhero and live as a teenager um very relatable kind of person i know some people are very weary about having a muslim superhero um it's not obviously it's not the kind of thing that i feel like if me and you were just talking about it that we would even stop and really think about that much because of course we we know that there are islamic people in the world okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but for those who are concerned how how would you talk to them about this yeah, I think um you know, I think if there may be others who are like, wow, if you had a Christian character or a Jewish character, how do you handling their religion and faith in a way that is that you're not um uh, uh like extituating stereotypes or over the top extreme about a particular person, but how are you expressing and communicating what this person's religious life is about? One, you don't want to get it wrong and um misinterpret or misrepresent it and then the others are feeling like you know oh i have my own misinterpretations or stereotypes toward it and how is it helping me grow as a person i think it's important i mean here it is like we're two white male christians talking about a non-white female muslim (laughs) character and so we we understand that dynamic and reality of what what we're talking about but i think you know the author of this particular book is a, a Muslim woman who, um, who who knows her religion, knows how to express it, and and does it in the in a respectful way within the comic about this about her life. So so yeah, I mean, there's ways you could. Are you doing it just to do it to um, uh, kind of patronize or to um, feel like you're just doing it with an agenda, or are you doing it because you just want to express? Uh, who this person is, let that be a part of their life because it's a big part of, of our lives in the world. Our religious life is a big part of who we are in the world as well. Yeah, and that was the thing, um, I guess for those who haven't read it where you would just react immediately, it did not feel like they were trying to teach us how to be Muslim or even teach us that much about being Muslim. It was just a fact of her life. It, you know, it was just, you know, she went to the mosque, her parents were of this belief um, the Quran is actually quoted once, but it's not blatantly trying to be like, oh, turn away from your religion. You know, that's not what they're doing. The quote was sort of her version of um, with true power comes true responsibility. Instead, it was um, to save one person is to save us all. And that's something I think mm. Christians could also agree with, even though we 
wouldn't necessarily be like the Quran is scripture, you know? Yeah, whenever you're reading this, you're not necessarily thinking that it's being evangelistic and it's like trying to yeah. convert me to Islam. It's it's just expressing and teaching what, what this particular character wrestles with in the world. I mean, it starts off the book with her in like a grocery store or a convenience store smelling bacon, knowing that that's not a part of her religion. <laughs> and, and somebody says, like, what do they say? They were like, um, chow or chow not, they're... There is no smell, you know, the the person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're already quoting, like playing off Yoda. She's got me. It's like in the first page. I'm like, not only is oh, she expressing yeah. new character, but she's like playing off Star Wars. I was like, you already got me. I'm hooked. There you go. Um, but it's just kind of wrestling with the things they, they wrestle with. And I think as people of faith who wrestle with certain things in their lives or what to do or not do and how to live their faith out in the world and what they express and how they stand out or not stand out um, is a big part of, of her story and that, and, and we can relate to it in, in that way. Yeah. And as someone who grew up religious, I mean, I didn't grow up Muslim, but still some of that's super relatable. Like what you're talking about where she's just smelling it. Like I'm not eating it. I'm not sinning. You know, that would be sinning in her religion. I, I <laughs> think I'm not entirely yeah. sure how that verbiage would sound like. But, you know, I can relate to that. I know times where my friends were going to a movie where my parents were like, oh, Christians don't watch that kind of movie. Or, you know, people making jokes or, you know, when we go to college, there's some party life. And it was one where, like, I want to be near it because it looks like so much fun, but I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I can relate to that. I mean, that's yeah. not who I am now. But as a high schooler, as a young child, th- that is how you view your religion a lot of times. Yeah, and understanding your own identity. Our faith often is inherited within a family system. And then there's a certain uh, time in our life. In, in the in the Lutheran expression of Christianity, there's a time of confirmation. We baptize babies and infants, and then when they become a teenager, we, we they go through classes and confirmation class, and we ask them and invite them to own their faith as as their own, uh, to wrestle with it, deconstruct it, reconstruct it, accept it, uh, stand up in front of the church and accept it. And and they're really wrestling with what do I what do I believe? What would I not believe? How does this incorporate with my identity as as a child of God, but also who I understand myself to be in the world as different? Um, so so that really is what's happening with this character, <laughs> Kamala, in in this book. Uh, and and you can see it played out. And so as a as a pastor who's been a youth pastor for a long time and teach confirmation and done a lot with youth, it's just is she captures it so perfect. G. Willow Wilson captures the struggle mm-hmm. and and the tension um, in a way that's fun and lighthearted, but also serious and meaningful as well. Yeah, yeah, that's something they did well. It balanced silly and fun and serious, sometimes dark themes in it. Great mm-hmm. series. Um, this actually. And th- this might be something that like we pin put a pin in it for a later episode. It, it reminds me of what I part of what I think of as the big difference between how DC and Marvel handles their comic book characters. Hmm. And I think that's part of what's confusing to people when Marvel is doing this. It's not putting up a this is the ideal superhero. Everyone should be exactly like her. Marvel's characters typically are, hey, here's normal people being superheroes. Whereas DC, it is usually the super grand, like Superman, who is representative of something, whether that be Jesus or Daniel or Moses, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's definitely for another episode. I've been trying to get them to let me talk about who Superman represents. But there's a lot more <laughs> symbolism, a lot more grandness to DC comics. Mm-hmm. And that's just different styles of art. Do you want to be grounded and show normal people and depict life as it is? Or do you want to depict life as it could be with these grander pictures? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's strong. And, that's yeah. strong. And I think that's something they do really well here. So, Will, what do they do here? <laughs> could you could you just kind of run through quickly what this story is? Spoiler filled for those who want to skip the next like minute and a half. They know that this is where you're going to tell them what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I try to summarize. You fill out, fill in the gaps. Like one one thing I you know I'll share too is that here's a brand new. What was also exciting is a brand new character to Marvel, and and over the years, you know, there's been this tension between creators and artists and the big two, DC and Marvel, about you know who owns the character. Like so, if I work for Marvel, you're like, hey, we want a new villain, we want a new hero. Why don't you dream one up? You know, I would be like, cool. Um, it's called Wavestorm, and they have control over waves, and they're a pro surfer, and they're like, this is so fun uh then at some point marvel's gonna be like cool when i no longer work for marvel work for marvel they're gonna be like we own wavestorm and we're gonna do what we want in the movies and i'll be like wait a minute that's my i created that they're like nope sorry you created it for marvel so a lot of creators and artists will take what their their ideas and these cool characters that they dream up and and want to create to their own creator own uh publishing houses or their own properties and kind of let marvel do their own thing. But here is, here is a brand new character on the scene that they created that, that um, G. Willow Wilson helped create. Um, I don't know what the, what, what kind of compensation she got for this or what she'll get for <laughs> the TV show that comes out, but uh, she worked with Marvel and created this. So it starts off with, with this teenager, 16 year old in, in uh, Jersey city, uh, who's a, you know, Pakistanian American who is, is Muslim. She's in, uh, high school. She's got friends and they're living their lives. They're trying to figure out whether to go to a high school party or not. They homework, uh, religious life at home. They got other friends from their high school who looks at her and even makes one derogatory con- uh kind of comment like, oh, you, you, you smell like curry, you know? And so you're like, oh God, what a jerk. Like, you know, so she's not only has friends that understand where she's coming from, her little religious life, but also people who make kind of like micro and macro uh, aggressions towards her and her religious life. So, um, so you kind of get a, a picture of who she is and her daily life. Uh, you also get a picture of what she get, geeks out on. Like she writes fan fiction uh, on the internet for for the Avengers, and she's a big Avenger fan and loves uh, Captain Marvel. She loves the these characters. Well, she ends up she ends up sneaking out and going to this party, and there at the party, people are like, "Wow, we're surprised to see you!" And again, there's micro and macro aggressions of like little little digs at her and what she's allowed to do or not do and what she's drinking or not drinking and all that kind of normal peer pressure stuff. Um, eventually she gets frustrated and takes off. She runs away and she's like, I'm heading home. Uh, forget you guys. I'm out. Uh, well, in the midst of this, of this big mists, mists of this cloud kind of, uh, uh, oversees the city and neighborhood where she is. And at this point in Marvel history, um, <laughs> Marvel was pushing not mutants because the MCU didn't under, didn't own mutants from like Sony. So they are really pushing inhumans, this mm-hmm. other sub character of, of heroes in the Marvel universe. They were like, this is going to be the group of mutants, quote unquote mutants that we're going to deal with and, and really lean into, to inhumans. Now inhumans are this kind of prehistoric age old kind of uh, race among humans that get their powers through um, 
the I, I always say it wrong, Tajirian mist. They they almost like this kind of coming of age where they put them in a cocoon and put this mystical mist around them, and from this cloud they uh, emerge out of their cocoon with a, a, a set of powers, whether they can like Medusa manipulate their hair, super strong hair, or whether they can see the future or whether they're strong or whether they have gills, they all come out different. Well, uh, Kamala Khan has this inhuman gene within her that nobody really knew about. So when she smells or gets engulfed in this mist, mist, um, she goes into cocoon and when she breaks out of it, she emerges looking exactly like Captain Marvel. Uh, her hero. And so at that point in the story, you don't know if she really is her or she just turned into her or what her power set is. And so they, um, um, uh, but eventually you come to find out that her power is, is a little bit different and uh, she has more of this kind of polymorph shape-shifting ability. Joshua, how am I doing? What am I filling in? What else? I know there's a long way to go, but what, um, how's the start of her origin story sound to you? You were being a lot more detailed than I probably would have been. This, this is right. why we throw it to Will. Um, yeah, yeah. I certainly, I love the fact that she was a comic book nerd too, right? And yeah. that's something I talked about earlier, where the reason Peter Parker was popular, the reason I like Marvel, because it's very grounded. These are people. And to me, Kamala is one of my people. No, I'm not Muslim. No, I'm not a female. But you know what I am? I'm a huge Avengers nerd. And mm-hmm. I am someone who grew up religious and didn't understand faith. I understood rules and that seems to be where she's at at this point and i'm like i get it yeah <laughs> this is a character yeah, a really distinction. feel on a deep level yeah i think you're right i mean oftentimes religion is is seen as a just a set of rules and that's kind of what it's expressed as with her rather than a faith and a kind of a lifestyle of a corporation of identity and i think that's where she is in her life so that's the very very good. And then again, like systematic ecology, we may disagree sometimes about aspects of faith and and you know how the Christian life or the faith life should be lived out or what's important or not, but we can all have oftentimes have common ground of what we geek out on and what we love. And then when we disagree about what we geek out on and whether you know certain characters in the Marvel universe are important or not, we then have our faith to go back on and say, what well, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's kind of <laughs> what we how we do things in systematic ecology. But um but but yeah, so so she she gets this power set and she ends up saving uh, these friends who were digging at her and making fun of her at the party. She uses her power to save this uh, drunk high school <laughs> uh, frenemy um, out of the water uh, from drowning. And then it makes the news that like like Captain Marvel saves this person. But wait a minute, Captain Marvel is supposed to be off planet and no, hasn't been seen in a long time. So who is this mystery person? Does someone just marvel costume yeah she's wearing the old miss marvel costume and maybe miss marvel's back in a different way she's like oh crap that was me what does this mean um and and then you you soon find out that not only can she change and to look like somebody but she can you know she she can shape shift she can polymorph she can stretch she can grow big she can shrink down um all, all this kind of stuff and in the midst of this story you get to feel, I love the origin story and I love the tension of the learning curve. Cause of course, mm-hmm. if I got superpowers, it would take me a while to figure them out. Uh, <laughs> and it would take a while to learn, um, when to put my foot on the gas, lay off the gas. What, what does it mean? So, um, through these pages that that's what's going in the meanwhile, she's trying to wrestle. Her parents are mad at her because they figured out that she did sneak out and go to the party. Um, 
her friends are trying to figure out what the matter. People think she's on drugs or maybe she's hung over because she's tired or she's eating too much or she's missing or she's breaking things or like something's not right about you. And she's like, I know, I know this. Who am I? What are these powers? And she does a lot of these like uh, what what I think what I will call anime moves. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she thinks like I don't I don't know if she thinks she has to do this or if she just thinks it's fun. But she's like I'm big um and that's not when she gets big and then she says something else and she gets small and I'm like later yeah. that drops off. I also feel like later her religion becomes more faith based than rule based and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. She is such a good character progression, but that might be for when we get to talk about the other volumes later on. <laughs> Yeah, and the rest of the story is like, yeah, it's like, does she tell her friend or not that that she is this this Miss Marvel character? Um, eventually, uh, her one of her best friends, uh, he does find out and helps her create a costume. She's trying to figure out what costume to wear or not. How does it match Miss Marvel or not? How does she pay homage to her um, to her heroes but still be her own person? The same thing that I would do, like if I became a superhero, what would I look like? Who would I be? Who do I model it off of? And, and, and while it looks like, you know, there's small time crooks in the neighborhood that she's trying to save people from like your friendly neighborhood, Miss Marvel. But, but then eventually she bumps up against a, a pretty big um, kind of villain or looming villain called the inventor. And, and she starts stepping into this role of, of things that are bigger than her bigger neighborhood and, and kind of more, um, I guess you would say larger villainy uh, in her neighborhood that she has to go up against. I had a friend circle who were convinced for a couple issues that this first big villain was going to be Taskmaster for some reason. Mm. And I thought it was really interesting that instead it was this, I don't know if this was the first time this villain ever showed up, but it was a new to me villain that I got to know with the inventor. And I was like, okay, he's pretty weird, pretty interesting. Um, Was it in this volume that she first met Wolverine? I can't remember. No, no, not this one Mm. might be in volume two. But yeah, she they are getting ready to do another comic book series with a show coming up, I guess. And it's going to be Miss Marvel and Wolverine is the comic series. I'm super excited for. I think that's starting in June. June Yeah, that's funny because Wolverine always tends to tends to take these kind of young teenage girls under his wing to help shape whether it's Kitty Pryde or whether it's Jubilee or or whether uh, uh, another X-Men called Armor. I mean, sometimes um, he'll take them under his wing and try to steer them in the right direction or give them a little bit more, you know, um, kind of gruff to them, get a little edge to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, grow up kid kind of thing. Um, uh, so that should be interesting there. Yeah. And, there. I- and they, yeah, and she's been on, and this was back in, when did you say this <laughs> was back in? Uh, 2014. 2000- 2014. So it's close to eight years that this character has been around. So they've been, she's teamed up with a lot of people, been a part of like kind of a young Avengers team. It's not young Avengers, but uh, uh, champions. There's a, uh, a young, yeah, yeah. A young, kind of a young superhero team called champions where miles mm-hmm. morales and others have been a part of so she's been a part of her own team and leadership and leaders of this group so even though she's a little younger she's over the last eight years have, have done a lot so and the character um, has gained so much in popularity when they released the avengers game that was a little bit of a flop because they tried to do that where they continually add more to the game instead of just giving it all at once anyway she was like the main character because right. everybody likes her so much that they thought that they could really sell it on that which they almost did. If they included more or if they had made the game slightly cheaper at first, I probably would have got it. <laughs> or if I made as much then as I make now, I probably would have bought it. 
Yeah, and I think another aspect of of her character is is her power set. It's really neat. It's different. It's not that she's like Superman that can fly and super strong or shoot laser beams. She she can she can change. She's a polymorph. And and I find it interesting that her here is a teenager, uh, a female, someone who uh, different color skin than most around her. She's a minority. She's um, you know, at a certain age, male or female, where you start to feel more self-conscious about your body and how you look and how you relate to others, that they gave her a power set where she can change her body. Like she could, if she wanted to make herself look like Miss Marvel (laughs) from the seventies, this blonde hourglass figure with high boots and uh, looks like she's wearing a bikini or whatever, or she could blend into everyone around her, make her look like however she wants to look like, but she still chooses to look like who she is and then use that power uh, for good. So that temptation of how do I change myself? What do I look like to others? How do others perceive me is a big part of like her beginning and origin story. And then her power set allows her to be and be whatever shape she wants to be in figuratively, yeah. literally. And so I, I found that interesting for her where she wrestles with how she uses that power um, with her friends and, and those around her. That was really the coolest part of her first story arc to me really was this. She, her subconscious, you know, where her powers just, she just ended up looking like the old Miss Marvel wasn't even intentionally deciding to look like that. Mm-hmm. But then as she learned more and she could control it, she had to start making these decisions. And I thought it was really cool. She made the decision to still pay homage to the original heroes, mm-hmm. but also represent that Muslim community, her own family background. I thought that was really cool that how they did that. I'm not Muslim again, you know, we're not talking about converting to a religion, but it is still cool to see these things represented of just normal people in regular life and seeing a fellow geek represented in the superhero squad. That's one thing, you know, I love Spider-Man, but that's one thing Spider-Man couldn't give me. Spider-Man couldn't be a big Avengers geek because he kind of, you know, he came up around that time. Well, I think you can be a person of faith and strong in your Christian faith and still believe that representation is important. And I, and I think there's there's some tension there in geek life and geek culture, culture wars, politics. What does representation mean? But I, th- I think there's room, at least I believe there's room for that uh, in, in comics, in the stuff that we geek out. And there's com- and room to have conversation about what that looks like and means. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So real quick, zero to ten, how, how would you rate volume one? Miss Marvel by Miss G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. And then the artist, say the artist too. Who's that? That's Adrian. I did that earlier. I didn't think I'd have to read it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always got looked up Jake the artist. Wyatt. But, and because I think I, I give it close to a 10. I mean, it's pretty dang, dang perfect because of the writing, because of the art, because of the diamondism from page to page and the cliffhangers after each issue that le- wants you to keep reading to the next one. I remember mm-hmm. collecting this in the single issues and then rereading it in this graphic novel version. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the way comics are created and serialized storytelling of you create a, a tension, you create a conflict, and there's a cliffhanger on the last page that makes you want to figure out what's going to happen mm-hmm. next, or uh, it keeps you moving. And, and and G. Willow Wilson is a fantastic writer. The art's perfect, um, uh, or at least I, I, I'm a, I'm attracted to that kind of style of art. And, yeah, me too. And the way this person was um, introduced and the way this character was uh, lifted up and, and it's still sticking around, I think uh, – her prominence now in the Marvel universe and with this show coming up shares how, how good she is. It's not just somebody that they're pushing on us. This it's really well done. And, um, and so I give it as close. It's like a, I mean, is, is there anything 
perfect out there. Probably not. So, so I'll give a nine, nine point eight. You know, like it's it's pretty oh, dang close. I, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you mostly and and take it further. I um yeah, the art's great. Um, I I think even on the first page of the first issue, you already know her character so well. You're in love with this character, right? Like so much fun. She, her, and um, Spider Gwen. They both have this fun, loving high school cool character she's a little bit more complex though and mm-hmm. if you guys listen to our spider gwen episode we did talked about the gwen verse i said i couldn't give that a 10 out of 10 because of comics like captain america by ed brubaker hellboy by mike magnolia i would include this in that same tier as captain america by ed brubaker some of the old stan lee stuff this is the top tier comics this is it mm-hmm. so i'm giving it the 10 out of 10 nice. i am still I'm still just taken back by it. You know, every now and then when I need to comfort myself on how legalism affects people, I go back to this, even though it's not Christian legalism, Mm -hmm. it still shows how that affects people's lives. All right. So, but let's get, let's get a little bit deeper. Let's get a little bit deeper. Will. we've mentioned this a few times, but part of the big story arc, she becomes her role model and then has to kind of decide where she wants to pull from her role model and where she wants to be herself and kind of balancing those mm-hmm. two out. Mm-hmm. If you were a high schooler again, if you got to go back and be high school, will <laughs> and while you were high school, will you morphed into whoever was your hero or role model at the time? Who would you have been? God, that's such a good question. Yeah, I, I I'm going to have to say there are two there. There's two. And I, and, um, one, you know, I, I graduated high school, early 90s. So I grew up uh, in North Carolina, a North Carolina basketball fan um, who from Wilmington went to E.A. Laney High School, the same high school that Michael Jordan went to when he grew up in Wilmington. And then he went and played basketball at Carolina and then Washington played for the Bulls. I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. Um, and so at high school, Will, if I could spend – especially if I could have their skill set uh, and and be who they were, I would I would definitely have chosen Michael <laughs> Jordan because I would want to dunk the basketball like he did. We, we watch, Michael Jordan basketball games were appointment television for us in, in high school and in college. <laughs> and and then and then the other side would be uh, you know I grew up surfing on the coast too so there's a pro surfer Tom Curran that I grew up looking up to and wanted to be like him and wanted to surf like him and so yeah those two people, uh, Tom Curran, and and Michael Jordan, I would morph into them, and then if I could have their power set, their skill set, that would be even better. Yeah. How about you, Joshua? What about what about high school, Joshua? If I had to, my role models in high school, one of these is going to sound like a cop out, and it's going to be really cheesy. The other one is going to be kind of weird. So I'll do I'll do the weird first. Um, I obviously have always been huge Florida State football fan and idealizing the old golden age of Florida State football. I probably and fun fact, my mom went to school with this quarterback. I would want to be Chris Winkie. Yeah, he flopped in the pros. But man, was he a legend back in the day? Sure. Sure. OK. Um, the other cheesy one probably would have wanted to be my dad. My dad was oh. always just one, um, especially in high school. Um, you know, when you're around him that much, um, you know, now, yeah, I different in how I express my faith and religion some from my dad at this point. But at that point, I didn't know that much. I didn't have any real differences. And I just 
wanted to be exactly like my dad. And in some ways, I still want to think I am. I remember mm. one time um, we were doing children's church and kids were just trying to describe everybody in like one or two words. And when they described my dad, they said, loves the Bible. And I'm like, man, I hope someone describes me like I hope like if you had two or three words describe me, that that would be it. That would be great. Right. So and that in some ways, I still want that. And that's uh, that's sort of how I differentiated was just kind of as I went on. I'm a little bit more less rules based than I think my dad is. Not that I think he's legalistic or anything. It's just to him, certain things are more important in how he expresses his faith than they are to me. And it's probably vice versa. There's probably things that I think are super important, like, you know, saving the earth and green energy stuff that my dad's like, eh, not that he doesn't <laughs> care. It's just different priorities of that make sense and how we express our faith in the world. Um, so will, <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, that's good. That, more like your role models, <laughs> and in what ways have you parted right. from? <laughs> well, I, I now I feel pretty superficial. Which ones? I have basketball and surfing. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think you know, as a as yeah, you know, as a kid, what I you know what I now that we go back and and see you know Michael Jordan and kind of the Last Dance and and what he did, you know, and his gambling and all this stuff, we kind of look back and say, yeah, he had he was a flawed person like every people. And same way with Tom Curran, if you go back and look at him, same thing. But what I look up to was their, you know, one their their grace and um and smooth style on a wave of of Tom Curran. You could see like the grace and the smooth style and the greatness of of Michael Jordan, how he played basketball. You know, like mm-hmm. how they the competitive nature of of their lives and how they handle posture them, themselves and how they rode a wave or played basketball. I mean, I hope that approach to me, you know, in, in my own life, um, that that I hopefully uh, have the skill of, of whether it's doing ministry in my family or with my friends that how I how I posture myself towards others is, is with grace and um, with style and uh, lightheartedness and with a sense of humor. Some of those things I, I hope that I've, I've learned from and, and are part of my life today that I've grown into. Yeah. Do you think it's useful for people, for Christians to have role models that aren't, you know, just Jesus? Well, yeah, I think that's kind of one thing, you know, Protestants don't lean to it as, as much as say Catholics and Episcopalians and Orthodox, but you know, that's kind of the, the, the pantheon of saints, you know, the communion of saints of these certain people that we lift up as kind of heroes of faith, whether from the Bible or from church history, people that exuberated um, great faith or, or modeled faith for us and how they approached it in the world. I think you can have role models and, and just to know that they're still human, they're flawed, that they're not perfect, that they probably made mistakes and will make mistakes. They, we definitely our role models can disappoint us just as much. And I'm sure there's, uh, you know, over the course of doing ministry, pastoral ministry for 20 years, there's been youth and people who look up to me, and, but I also hope they, and if they saw the way I acted in traffic, they'd probably be like, Oh my gosh, who is this guy? <laughs> um, I don't know if I want to <laughs> look up to this guy at all, but, but, um, but, but to also understand we're human, we're imperfect, but in terms of how we approach the world, our relationships and our relationship with God and others, um, hopefully there are things there that, that, yeah, we can look up to and learn from. Uh, I think, yeah, we're not individuals, just me and Jesus, me and God. We are created to be in, in relationship with other people in community, and we all grow and learn from one another. We're, we're all in a process of becoming who God is calling us to be. And, um, and so I learned how to be that 
through Joshua and through others in systematic ecology mm-hmm. and those in my church and those who I'm friends with. And we learn from others' mistakes as well as we express and help other people learn from our own mistakes. I th- yeah, I think role models are important and community and, and how we live and grow in community is important too, which is why we do systematic ecology and community as well. Yeah, um, that's where I think I think that's basically what discipleship is, you know, to an extent, always deconstruct those who came before you, rethink things, you know, solidify what the faith means to you, but also be willing to humble yourself and learn from others. Um, Zechariah, I want to say it's three or four, but there's a there's a prophecy of these two olive trees pouring into lampstands that pour into the lamps, that pour into candles. Mm. And the imagery, when he explains it, you know, the two trees were the king and the priest of the time. And it's this imagery of leaders pouring into other people. And to me, I feel like uh, when you go to Revelation, you see the lampstands again. I think that's God reminding us of the importance of these role models, these leaders, these discipleship, mentor, whatever you want to call it. But don't put it on too much of a pedestal. That would be the one thing. You know, don't try to look exactly like Miss Marvel. (laughs) Be your own version of that. Yeah, that's nice. And even even Miss Marvel, even um, Kamala, she she. uh, um, has friends, she has community, she has people she's leaning on and people that hold her accountable and ask her important questions of how she's living her life and how she's using her her power set, um, I think is important. And and so, yeah, even though this is a book with her name on it and she's the individual superhero, eventually she becomes a part of a team. Um, but she's also lives in community with friends and family too that, that help, you know, there's an important moment in this comic where her dad tells her the meaning of her name that in an Arabic, mm-hmm. it literally means perfection. And so she's like, how do I become the best person that I, that I'm called to be? Yeah. Yeah. Her relationship with her parents were fascinating, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe for another day, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we get to this wrap up? Nah, great book. And we encourage you to read it, especially before yeah. you go see the TV show. Please do it. If you were ever going to read a comic, I'd say this one or Captain America by Ed Brubaker would be like, that would be the first things I suggest. There you go. I like Hellboy by Mac Magnolia just as much, but it should not be your first comic book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right. So let's let's uh, let's wrap this up, Will. Um, if you had to give a recommendation for people, uh, you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? We talked about how a lot of the new characters in comics come from people who don't want to just write for Marvel or DC because they don't want them to take it. What indie comic would you suggest to people? Oh man, God, that's on the spot. Indie comic right now. Um, I think, um, it's hard to be an indie. I mean, is image Comics still indie? No, it's of, it's yeah. Marvel DC, but it's creator owned out of the main two. But I, there's a, there's a fun book that Robert Kirkman created called firepower. And it's kind of like a Kung Fu dragon ball Z dragons kind of, um, adventure story. And it's about 30 issues in, Firepower is a great comic and very fun uh, book you could read that you don't need to know a whole lot of history about because um, it teaches you along the way. If I were to suggest a comic outside of the main two right now, uh, this is super not for kids. That's what I'll say. <laughs> very dark <laughs> comics. Um, Ice Cream Man. Okay. It is. If they ever make a horror film with Ice Cream Man, I will watch that one in a heartbeat. I'm not a huge horror guy, but... His is very poetic, very interesting. Um, in the quarantine edition, he is revealed to be the one who offers Adam and Eve the forbidden fruit, which in this case was, of course, ice cream. Wow. So, so who's the creative team behind that? Who's the creative um, team? Do you know? Man, that's a good question. 
I just happened upon it and started reading it, and I didn't even think to look at that. Let me. Well, while you're looking, I have another recommendation. The new you'll like this because you're a big Captain America fan. Um, the new author for Captain America is uh, Tochi Anyubuchi. I think that's how to say his name. Um, Tochi. He he uh, is writing an upcoming uh, new reboot of Captain America. Um, and, but before he did that, he wrote a sci-fi novel called Goliath. And it's, uh, about how the wealthy abandoned earth into like space colonies. And then the minorities and everyone else were kind of left on earth to fend for like this kind of used up earth, which, you know, is kind of, kind of poignant because we do have billionaires that are trying to get into space. And I'm asking why, <laughs> what know? do they know that I don't, uh, kind of <laughs> thing. But, but he wrote this, uh, sci-fi novel, um, Goliath, uh, uh, before he got on Captain America, and I'm starting to read that book, and it's pretty fun. So I'm going to read his writing style that yes. before he writes and uh, launches Captain America. Very nice, very nice. Okay, Ice Cream Man was written by W. Maxwell Prince. Artists were Chris O'Halloran, I might be saying that terribly wrong, and Martin Morazzo. Okay. All and right. uh, yeah, but very Something dark, do not comic, know. very poetic. It's cool stuff. Issue one is free on Comixology. I just found that out recently. I got a bunch of free issues on free comic book day. Cool. I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm weird for loving it because it is dark. There you go. But there you go. Um, yeah. So that being said, uh, if you guys want to see more from me or Pastor Will, you can go to systematicgeekology.org, hit host. There's a drop down menu. Everything we've done online should be on there under our names. So you can check out my other show, The Whole Church Podcast. You can check out Will's book. I, I do sure have a book on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's not yeah. long either. It's not long. It's not a long yeah, book. It's, uh, it's great. I if, you, if this was video, I would show you guys. It's right there on my bookshelf. So. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have anywhere else you wanted them to go to follow you? or? No, they can find me online. Love to chat with you and talk to you. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you can go to our Facebook page, Priest to the Geeks. And, uh, guys, let us know. Go to that Facebook group. Or go to our website, systematicgeekology.org. Contact us. Let us know if there's anything you want us to know that you're listening to that we could check out. Or if there's something you just want us to talk about. Let us know. And remember, we're all a chosen people. A geekdom of Christ. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.